You're listening to Who Needs Sleep, a podcast for parents. Today's episode, taking care of a newborn at home. (laughs) Or extreme makeover, home edition. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Philip McCallis. And I am Dr. Valerie Lawrence. And you are listening to, well, you already know what you're listening to, don't you? <laughs> Listen to this welcome podcast. Welcome back. Wel- welcome back. <laughs> so, where we left off last was you were in the hospital with a baby. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to be talking about today is all the things you can expect when you go home. Because it's very different. <laughs> Isn't it's very it? different. Because yeah. all of the nursing staff, if you did give birth in the hospital, of course, mm-hmm. all of the nursing point. staff and the people bringing you meals and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> They don't go home with you. (laughs) Mm -mm. They don't. Even if you ask, they don't. They won't do it. (laughs) Please don't ask. (laughs) Please don't. You know, the cleaning Uh, staff that comes and cleans the restroom and empties out the trash cans. Oh, my gosh. What a good point. All of them stay at work while you go home. (laughs) Yeah. When you go home, if you just throw all your towels on the ground when you're done with them, no one's going to come. Pick it does them not up. go off as well. Uh, so we, we're we're talking about oh, those first few weeks after you go home, and those are the most exhausting and <laughs> and magical weeks in your life that will surprise you how much you do not remember them at all. <laughs> Like a few months later, because oh, I don't, man. it's a blur, right? It is. I mean, do you remember those first few weeks or just sort of a feeling of what it felt like? I just remember being exhausted. The exhaustion yeah. doesn't stop. It doesn't. No. It, you just kind of no, no, no. get used to it. You just it. get used to it. You get used to it. <laughs> you do. You really do. Oh, man. You know, before you have kids, I, I always felt like all of your friends also claim that having kids is great. And it's not like anything else, but it's great. And I was always really skeptical because <laughs> they seem pretty emotionally tired. <laughs> and and I always wondered if they're telling other people how great it was. It was just some kind of plot to just lure you into <laughs> and so so they didn't have to feel so, like, alone. <laughs> It is exhausting. It is. But mm-hmm. it's really wonderful. <laughs> oh, I forgot the introduction that I was going to do. Um, oh, here, here's the introduction that I was going to do. Okay, okay. go. Are, okay, ready? go. Go. I'm ready. Uh, yes. Welcome back to Who Needs Sleep, the podcast that exists both because of and in spite of children. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is spot on. Without, before we get into things, how, how have you been doing? You know... <laughs> I am exhausted. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My little one is getting more teeth, and so mm. he is a lot more angry. <laughs> <laughs> he's got more to be angry about. You've got more to be angry about. <laughs> oh, he's more angry and more fussy, and and his English is not that good, so he can't really tell us what's going on. <laughs> How's his French, though? Is that pretty good? <laughs> he speaks French better than I do. And so, yeah, you know, he's been staying up late and wanting to, you know, breastfeed more for comfort. So, yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, I'm having fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 
So, so my wife is pregnant with our next child. Yeah. And her sleep How is horrible already. <laughs> she is in that, that tail end of things where she's just restless the whole I, night. I, I know the feeling. I mean, we might just have an episode we were talking about having an episode where you guys can just sort of dish on pregnancy. I think we do. Yeah. Just a pregnancy mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff that happened <laughs> to me, mm-hmm. I didn't know no. what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Makes sense. All the time. So, All the time. So, yeah, I think we should definitely do just a girl talk yeah. tea time pregnancy yeah. episode. Y'all are welcome to do that. <laughs> that is one thing that you want to do as a new parent or an old parent <laughs> is have someone you can vent to mm-hmm. who who gets it, whether it's a family member or a friend who has been there. Yeah, because quite frankly, the people who have not been there <laughs> do not understand. They don't at get it. all. Yeah, so especially yeah. the ones who haven't been there. Yeah, you guys need a. You guys need a, a whole. You, you'll have. Yeah. A, we'll yeah. get my wife in here. Perfect. Well, then, yeah, I guess we can get into things. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we kind of talked a little bit about the things that you would need to get ready to go home, and uh, you, you know, you're gonna get home, and like we had mentioned before, that baby's gonna start waking up a lot more. It's going to start feeding a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have a whole episode soon on feeding because it deserves its own episode. Because mm-hmm. you may be feeding any number of ways, all of which are probably okay. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. But <laughs> but the one thing is that your kid needs to be fed every three hours or at least offered a feed until they're back to their birth weight, which takes a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if they refuse a feed, but if you're refusing multiple in a row, definitely call your doctor. Uh, this is exhausting Mm -hmm. this is exhausting for somehow we evolved i guess for this to be a way that the milk production is triggered that the bond Mm -hmm. is made because you definitely bond (laughs) you have this bond yeah you're absolutely right also with baby regaining their birth weight Mm -hmm. all babies lose um, a little bit of weight Mm -hmm. i actually find that c-section babies lose more weight than vaginal babies that's interesting yeah honestly i think it's because they get more iv fluid because of the anesthesia Oh. A lot of that fluid goes right to the baby. So I think the baby's huh. birth weights with C-sections are just a little bit biased, yeah. a little bit on the heavy side. So those babies used to, huh. they kind of pee off a lot more water than the vaginal delivery. That's, that's interesting because mm-hmm. I also assumed that it was that because the baby didn't have quite the stress of going through the birth canal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that maybe they don't have quite the flood of catecholamines and mm-hmm. hormones and everything that happens. And therefore their feeding is less urgent. Mm. Is that no, maybe what I'm thinking isn't based off of science at all. So I just <laughs> it sounded very scientific. Doesn't that? <laughs> but mm-hmm. just something to keep in mind, like if you do, you know, have to have a C-section, yeah. your baby may lose a little bit more weight than you're expecting. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. If babies do get down 10% or more from their birth weight, then we do recommend that you start supplementing with formula feed. Well, and we'll get into this too. Mm-hmm. It's so case specific how many days out you are, whether or not you had a C-section or a vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. It really determines a lot about when your milk comes in, whether or not you've had a kid before. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all, all of these things factor into it. So we'll get into the nitty gritty of those feeding specifics too in the feeding episode as well. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's not this one. <laughs> But, um, he said, not this one. Don't fast forward. Just stay tuned. <laughs> just stay tuned. Listen to this and then listen to that one too. Uh, you know, the, the, 
you know, we keep emphasizing how exhausted you are going to be. And the things that we're going to keep going through today are all ideals, things you should shoot for. If you don't quite reach the marks that we talk about today, that's okay, because when it comes down to it, you're going to be exhausted. So there are things that we try to do and that we know that it's not always going to quite work like that. And it's Mm -hmm. not because you've done anything wrong, and it's not because there's anything wrong with your baby. The fact that you feel like an insane person, (laughs) (laughs) like a week into things, just, you know, you feel crazy because you haven't slept in a week, and the baby's upset all the time. And and it's it's oh, it's man. right. You feel you feel like a crazy person, yeah. And that's normal. I'm sorry. It's normal. It is. Oh, I'm just um, thinking about the fact that we're coming up to that again. We're gonna have that again. I Oof. know. I'm so excited for yeah. you because um, we Thank want you. another one as well. But we're gonna we're mm-hmm. gonna wait a little bit longer. Kind of like how you guys okay. did. Wait till wait till this one's two. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then kinda, like a couple years. If hey, you know, if you want to have. I, dare I say, this is so not politically correct. Irish twins is what we call them. <laughs> you know, ba- babies that are like 11 oh. months apart. You know, Val, go for it. We just lost our know? Irish listeners. We just lost them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What is the politically I, correct? I guess just close. I don't know. 11 months apart. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> you may have to edit that part out. So I don't, I don't think there is anything more politically correct than... Let me tell you one thing that's less <laughs> politically correct than Irish twins is our friends. After mm-hmm. they got married, they were both kind of trying to get pregnant mm-hmm. and they got pregnant within a few months of each other <laughs> and so their babies were born just a few months apart and we were like yeah they're, they're like Irish twins but they're like even closer than that and Barbara goes yeah we call them San Francisco twins <laughs> I don't know if I can keep that either oh that's twins. great San Francisco yeah. twins San Francisco twins oh, oh I love, love it but yeah I yeah, you know there's nothing wrong with having kids back to back you know either because they can yeah. grow up together you know yeah so oh something that you may have heard is maybe it's not as easy to get pregnant if you are breastfeeding and it's it's you cannot rely on that, that absolutely is <laughs> not yeah. so one of the things about that, the first six weeks after delivery, you are very fertile, those first six weeks. Mm-hmm. But also your physician recommends no sexual mm-hmm. activity for those first six weeks, just so that everything can mm-hmm. heal up, if you will. But yeah, you are very fertile mm-hmm. those first six weeks. And then you continue to stay fertile for like the first couple months after. And then after the two months, it's still not a very good birth control <laughs> method. Because <laughs> no, the only no. way it works is if mom is at home with the baby baby and the baby feeds every two hours Mm -hmm. if you're pumping that doesn't work it doesn't Mm -hmm. work as contraceptive pump interesting yeah pumping doesn't work it has to do with like the whole hormones of you actually feeding yeah you actually feeding the baby and so yeah yeah, and and unless you you have have a really close personal bond with your breast pump (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna work is what you're saying at all so i mean it's a whole kid you know The baby actually gets more from breastfeeding than you get into the pump because there's Mm, more letdown, you know, when you're actually looking at the baby. And and there would be times where I would have to pump. I would actually have to think about my kid in order to get the milk to come out faster, which kind of helps. What a crazy thing. I know. Isn't that amazing? I know. It's, I mean... 
I had a family who I was seeing this baby from the time that they were born and I'd asked, do you know how long you're planning on breastfeeding for? Do you have an idea? You mm-hmm. know, because really it's whatever works for you. And the mom was like, yeah, probably about six months or so. And I remember seeing that same baby <laughs> one year later and asking how everything was going. And mom was like, good, we're getting ready for our next baby in three months. <laughs> and I did the math and I was like, oh my goodness, you stopped breastfeeding at six months and you immediately got pregnant is what that means (laughs) so sometimes it works like that it does and it will work but unfortunately you can't go back to work you'd Mm. have to just kind of be stay at home with the child all the time and be able to kind of feed on demand when the child wants however long the child wants and i see the only way that will work you know we were talking about the feeding is going to be every two three hours Mm -hmm. that means waking the kid up at night too offering Mm -hmm. a feed at least for those first couple weeks until they're back to their birth weight. You are going to hear the phrase, if you have not already heard this phrase, you're going to hear it. And the phrase is sleep when the baby sleeps. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But it is also, it's a great tip that is absolutely ridiculous because <laughs> you got stuff to do when that baby's finally asleep so you know, so it's oh. here's here's what i recommend though i recommend that my if mom's breastfeeding mom sleeps when the baby sleeps so when mm-hmm. mommy and baby are sleeping that's when daddy or other caregiver does mm-hmm. everything in the house if cooks can, cleans does all that it. stuff yes yeah. and then when the baby's awake and if the baby's not feeding, then mm-hmm. the, the child goes to other caregiver. And then that's when mom yeah. can, you know, take a shower, eat, do household stuff while the baby's awake. These are things to talk about before your baby's born. I guess maybe we should like because when you are this tired, <laughs> having these negotiations will be a heated, heated debate. But talk about this before that baby's born. I don't yeah. know if it's too late when, by the time you listen to this, but, but that mom sleeps whenever it is humanly possible. Yes, absolutely. You know, Especially um, if she's breastfeeding. If you're yeah. bottle feeding or formula feeding, then it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. other family member can feed. So it does mm-hmm. kind of free up a little bit of time. Not much, though. When I say a little bit of time, you <laughs> might be able to go pee, but that's it. Yeah. You won't yeah. be able to flush the toilet or wash your hands, but you can at least mm-hmm. pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the little things, Val. It's little things. They count. <laughs> they count. Little they things count. count. So, yeah. yeah. So if you guys can kind of just talk it out before the baby's born, that would be yeah. ideal. Maybe you can <laughs> set alarm, like an alarm on your phone for once a day. If you are raising this baby with some sort of partner or some other caregiver, just like an end of the day debriefing. To be like, okay, all right. So what went well? <laughs> what went poorly? How do we how do we improve upon this tomorrow? <laughs> Right, because tomorrow's a whole new ball game. <laughs> yeah. Basically, make certain to take time to connect, you know, with your support person, whoever's supporting you, dedicate time to trying to connect with them. And again, like I said, you're probably not going to do this, but at least have it in your mind that like, oh, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. I, uh, Maybe by the second kid, you'll have this yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> then it's easy, right? It's like... You know, something that I think is surprising about the experience of being a new parent is that you have another person in your home. And so then it can be surprising how lonely it feels at times. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like, wait, but there's more people here. No, it's you and that little person. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling like that, know that that is normal, but know that you should be asking for help if you feel like it's getting overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so spot on because mm-hmm. they depend on you for everything. And so mm-hmm. your world and your home is going to be dictated by this tiny mm-hmm. human. So I 100% agree with that. Ask for mm-hmm. help, even if someone can just come over hold the child while you pee (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) yeah so that you can actually you know wash your hands maybe even brush your teeth because I do remember there were times where I went a few days without brushing my teeth because a I was exhausted and b I would Mm -hmm. forget and then I'd be like did I brush my teeth today no I didn't but I don't have time to do it now so I'll do it tomorrow You get into this state of which of the things that I normally do, can I just sort of give a pass to right now? Uh, because, you know, our daughter was was like never a sound sleeper for the first four to six months of her life, especially. And so it was like, yeah, we'll flush the toilet when she wakes up. Right. <laughs> you know, that toilet in the adjacent bathroom, we're going to know that that's the one that goes unflushed for unknown amount of time. And that's okay. Yeah, that is yeah. okay. I'm not waking her up. <laughs> I mean, because there's been times where I was like breastfeeding and I had to pee and the child came with me and I was just like, I'm not going to flush it while you know what I mean? I'm just going to rinse my hand off and call it a day and keep moving. <laughs> you know, you realize how artificial a lot of these standards that we hold ourselves to are, mm-hmm. that it goes out the window because it's no longer just about you. And I, I really don't mean that in a bad way at all, but it's as positive as it is challenging. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So we haven't really planned how to talk about this part of things, but sleep. What is a safe sleep environment? So basically, it's 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 really simple, and I think we talked about it in the previous episode, and there will be a link to all the information about this on our website as well, or in the description for this. But it's uh, it's it's actually pretty boring. It's just a tight fitted sheet around a mattress, and that should be inside either a bassinet or a crib or that bassinet insert for your pack and play. Basically, just something that's not in bed with you, really, in the same room as you, not in the same bed. And right. so, uh, <laughs> no toys in there, or bumpers, or blankets, or pillows. Mm-hmm, your kid doesn't mm-hmm. need any of that stuff, right? Um, it's really just the sheet, mattress, and a thing that it's in. So you are going to expect that you follow all of these safe sleep guidelines to the letter and that this baby will therefore in turn appreciate (laughs) what you've done and sleep and that's not the case safe sleep is safe sleep safe sleep does not mean sound sleep And I will be very honest, every single parent, even the ones who are really neurotic about things, has probably at least accidentally found themselves co-sleeping with their kid. Absolutely. I mean, we recommend officially against co-sleeping, but if you do find yourself having passed out with this baby on you, that you can roll this baby into that bassinet that's rolled up right next to your bed. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you will find that this baby will not sleep in anything. (laughs) It's being held. (laughs) Being rocked or held against your body. 
It's and mm-hmm. that's I mm-hmm. mean that was the case with with our daughter for the first few months of her life we had to almost tag team being awake mm. because it was like the only thing that she's going to sleep in right now is something where she's being swung or moved. I mean I'm pretty sure that my upper arms got really good because I spent so much time swinging a car seat like doing <laughs> bicep curls. You know, because trying it was, to get her to sleep, yeah. yeah, and then just like <laughs> gingerly trying to set it down as gently as possible. But it's hard, not for every mm-hmm. baby, but it's hard for a lot of babies. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> most kids sleep the best on their bellies, and we recommend mm-hmm. on their backs. You know, and who yeah. doesn't want to be held when they're sleeping? You know, you do the best you can. You follow the recommendations yeah. as best you can. Yeah. There are going to be some times where, as Philip said, you're going to fall asleep with the kid. It's okay. Just as soon as you kind of recognize it, try to, <laughs> you know, get back to the <laughs> safe sleeping. I've done it again. It is going to happen. And you're not a bad parent. You're an yes, okay person. You're not a bad parent. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. We just recommend the safe sleeping practices just because of the studies that have shown that it does reduce the risk of SIDS. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, when you have a kid who's crying and, you know, you're exhausted and you get the kid to sleep and you're like, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes for a second mm-hmm. and you end up falling asleep too, that happens. I will 100% fess up to this. Before I had a kid, I don't think... I think I was as understanding about my discussions mm. about safe sleep with parents as I am now, because it's like mm-hmm. for those first few months, anytime we tried to get her to sleep safely, there was no sleep. It was safe right. because there was no sleep. <laughs> What's going to happen if she's awake? And, and mm-hmm. the other part mm-hmm. of the safe sleep thing is that babies should actually be in the same room as their parents, ideally for the first year of their lives, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but at least the first six months, because that actually is also associated with the decreased risk in what we used to call SIDS. And again, my daughter, I wouldn't have minded her being in our room for the first year, but it was like the day that she turned six months old, we were like, you got to go. You got to get out of here. <laughs> you got to go sleep somewhere else. <laughs> it's, it's so important. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, my little one still sleeps in the room with us, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just turned he just turned one. So You know, and it's interesting for for you, you've got a one year old. At that point, the co sleeping thing is less about safety even. It's really more about just a practical thing. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean that's a whole <laughs> other thing. But yeah. Yeah, I mean his bed, I mean we adjusted his crib down to like the taller mm-hmm. bed so he can crawl in and out of it as he chooses. But he mainly just gets in the bed with me. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. You know. No, of course he does. Yeah. But I can't blame him. I mean, because he's like, you get to sleep with daddy. Why do I have to sleep by myself? You know? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I see you guys co-sleeping. I see you two co-sleeping. Why can't I get up um, there? I can walk around Snuggle my feet. up. Yeah. I mean, and again, this this comes back to what ideals you're trying to set for what you'd like to do with your kid. It's the same as breastfeeding, mm-hmm. how long you want that kid in your room for, and what you want things to be like afterwards. That becomes very, very individualized, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And now you may wonder, okay, so once we get this kid home, when do I need to check in? When do I need to see my pediatrician? And you should ideally have an idea before you leave the hospital, but if you give birth in the hospital after your baby's born, basically, (laughs) they should see their pediatrician within a day or two. You want to get to know them and you want them to get to know you and your baby and really take advantage of any resources they can point you towards to because they have what's available locally. 
But regardless, you're going to be seeing that pediatrician in the first couple of days and then within a couple of weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. But your insurance will cover visits aside from that. I don't, I mean, it always depends on the insurance, but you can do more visits than that if you need. So if you are feeling that you're having a hard time getting handle on things, call up your pediatrician. They're mm-hmm. there. We want to hear from you and we want to help you through things. Please yeah. call because we prefer to have mm-hmm. you call and we can tell you over the phone that's mm-hmm. okay than for you not to say anything. Yeah. So please call. Yeah. So what else? What else do we have to think about with this kid? One of them is bathing. People oftentimes want to know when, when can mm-hmm. I bathe this kid? And I think we might have mentioned before that the things that we're really looking at here are the umbilical cord. And if your baby was circumcised a circumcision. You want both of those things to heal up before you do any bathtub baths. You can do little sponge baths before, but you know, your kid's not out out playing mm-hmm. cricket or anything like that. They're not like, you know. <laughs> cricket? That's the one I chose today. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, so sponge bath until the cord dries up and falls off or until the circumcision mm-hmm. heals up. I usually say seven to 10 days before yeah. they can actually get into like a bathtub bath. But yes, they don't need mm. to be sponge bath every day unless you live in Hawaii <laughs> where it is 90 degrees <laughs> during the day and that kid just gets clammy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and sweaty so i had to basically sponge bath Mm -hmm. my kid pretty much every day because he would just get so yeah yeah, so again it was like 90 degrees and we don't have ac here so no (laughs) yeah i think in places where it's hot you you're just going to be doing a bit more but yeah oh you know for the umbilical cord I do find that the amount of time it takes for that to come off really does depend on how big it is. Mm. If it's a really wide umbilical cord, a lot of times it might take a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to come off, whereas some of them you might be surprised come off within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So there's a big range. Your baby's okay. Really delayed cord separation is weeks and weeks and weeks out. Mm-hmm. And after that cord stump comes off, it's going to ooze probably for a few days, and that's okay. But until that ooze has stopped, uh, no, no bath to baths yet. Yeah, it can even bleed a little bit too once it falls off, and that's okay mm-hmm. too. So one of the things that oftentimes happens is that the babies, after a few weeks to a couple months, start to get a lot more fussy and a lot more gassy. Mm-hmm. And it can be a little bit challenging to tell the difference between what we call colic and what is baby infant reflux. And what is actual gastroesophageal reflux disease? What's actual reflux that needs to be treated? But yeah, sometime after that first couple of weeks, your baby will probably get a little bit more gassy and a little bit more fussy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a change. Mm-hmm. Was your baby very colicky or anything, Val? Uh, no, yeah. he was actually very refluxy. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so the only time he would really get gassy, uh, depending on what I ate. So if I ate broccoli uh-huh. or cauliflower, he would be really gassy. Uh-huh. So I had to just kind of cut that out of my diet. Also, if I ate onions, he would get really gassy. Mm. But yeah, he was more refluxy than colicky. Okay. So he kind of made the sour faces. Yeah. He would spit up. He would kind of stick his tongue out. Every Aww. time we try to lay him flat, yeah. he would kind of just get that startle look like help because mm-hmm. it was coming back up. So and then like we would do a lot of the side lay mm-hmm. where he's laying on his side. I'm on my side and he would feed that way. Milk would just flow out of his nose. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah. 
Yeah, so I had to start feeding him sitting up. So he was more reflexy than colicky. I mean, you're going to adapt as a parent. You're going to adapt mm-hmm. to what it is that your kid needs. They'll tell you when something's not quite working. You know, our baby was colicky and reflexy. And mm. we tried reflux medicine too, even though she was gaining weight just fine. You know, you mentioned that all babies lose weight. Our baby never lost weight. <laughs> She always fed nice. like a champ. And that was something that was so mind-boggling was, was like, okay, you're gaining weight so well, but you're spitting up all the time. And you know that means mm. that she's giving us back whatever she didn't need to grow. Yeah. And that also with my little one, when his reflex would be so bad, he would want to eat. And I think it's because he would continue to try to eat to try to swallow it back down, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he was you so know? hungry. So, mm-hmm. That's the thing is that mm-hmm. reflux, we really know that we can consider trying a medication for reflux if your baby is really uncomfortable if they're arching their back and pulling away from the breast or the bottle when they're feeding and obviously spitting up as well. And the other Mm -hmm. big thing of that is weight gain. If they're having any issues with weight gain, then we know that might be an indication for medication. Yeah. Besides from that, we just kind of do like the reflux Mm -hmm. precautions, you know? Oh yeah. Let's talk about reflux precautions. Yeah. So we usually do smaller, more frequent feeds if possible. Frequent Mm -hmm. burping. Like even if you're breastfeeding, you need to Mm -hmm. burp the baby. Mm -hmm. So with my little one with his reflux, I would let him feed for about five, 10 minutes, take him off, burp him, and then put him back on. So, uh-huh. and then keeping him upright for like 20, 30 minutes after they eat. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to have that baby upright for 10, 15 minutes after the feed. Even if you hear a burp, a lot of parents are like, oh, my baby's a good burper. He burps right afterwards. I don't know why he's spitting up. Actually, it turns out the amount of gas that comes out has more to do with how long you have that baby upright for mm-hmm. rather than when you hear a burp. But that upright doesn't count if your baby's sitting down in something like a car seat mm-hmm. because those legs are scrunched up and squishing that stomach, that belly a little bit more. So the upright you want with their legs stretched out. So them on you is really good upright. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 10 to 20 minutes after the feed, burping midfeed, just like you said. And then for colic, if your baby's more gassy and fussy, not not so much spitty, but if they're more gassy, you can try gas drops. Mm-hmm. Some people will also try gripe water. And the thing about it is, I don't know which one's going to work for your kid. Both <laughs> might work. Neither might work. Exactly. Uh, for my daughter, it was neither. So tr- you can try them if your baby's really uncomfortable and colicky. But if one doesn't work, forget about it and yeah. if the other one doesn't work forget about it and just yeah. kind of know that this is self-limited it's going to go away by itself it really yes will. as they gain weight and get bigger it does get better as yeah get, um yeah. gas drops and and gripe water i've heard like 50 50 like 50 percent of parents say oh it's great 50 percent mm-hmm. say it did nothing so you can try it yeah. just make sure yeah. you follow directions on the label and if it doesn't work don't yeah. keep using it <laughs> the grape water we picked up it was like, give two and a half to five milliliters every two hours. I'm like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, that's, that's a lot of liquid. I don't think she's going to. So we didn't really. But, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this before, too, about pooping and peeing. We expect that your baby now, three, four days out, is going to be making at least four wet diapers a day. And that's definitely something you want to hold to. But the pooping is going to vary a lot. Not even just between breast or formula fed, because formula fed babies tend to not poop quite as much, but some do, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and breastfed babies tend to poop oftentimes with every single feed, except the ones who don't. (laughs) So, (laughs) but something that oftentimes happens is that if you have one of those babies who poops like every single time that they feed at the beginning, 
And then you get to two weeks in and you're like, he's pooping once a day or he's pooping once every few days. I don't know what the deal is with this. As long as that poop isn't hard, it's actually fine. A lot of times after those first couple weeks, the pooping will slow down Mm -hmm. and that's all right. And there's there's something that you'll notice a lot of times is that the baby is straining to poop. And then it comes out and it's fine. It's like, you know, wet, yellow or green and kind of seedy. There's no blood or no mucus in it or anything, because those would be the things that you'd be concerned about if there's like blood or mucus or if it's hard. And so I'll have parents come in and say, like, hey, he's constipated. And they're talking about how, you know, my baby is just straining to poop. He seems so uncomfortable. And that that is something called dyskesia. It's actually not constipation. Dyskesia is your baby uh, starting to become aware of the sensation of pooping, not liking it. And what they do then is they sort of <laughs> clamp down that sphincter. At the same time, they're trying to poop. So they're trying to strain <laughs> against a closed sphincter. Uh, and that is is normal and that goes away by itself within a few weeks usually and it's because they're, they're, they're realizing that they have something to do with what's going on down there yeah <laughs> so. and they're like i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> so um something else yeah. that will most likely happen you will get pooped on <laughs> that's mm. always fun <laughs> yeah that's probably going to happen. And it's going to come from out of nowhere. <laughs> well, it, it's going to come from somewhere, but you're just not going to yeah. expect it. <laughs> it's not as gross when it's your baby. Usually, it though. really isn't. It's not as gross. It really it, isn't. Yeah. I remember the first yeah. time it happened to me. Of course, I was changing my kid <laughs> in the bed because I was exhausted. I was like, I'm just going to change uh-huh. him right here. You know, he yep. had pooped, wiped him. I hand the diaper to his dad who goes to go put it in the trash and he just goes for it. And when I tell you, it just shot and just hit me on the chest and I just mm-hmm. started laughing. <laughs> I just uh-huh. didn't know what to <laughs> And I, you just heard me go, help. Oh, there was, so shortly oh, after man. our daughter was born, I was, we brought my wife to her follow-up, you know, appointment at the OB office. And I was like, well, I, I'm going to, she's she's kind of asleep here in the car seat. I'm going to wait in the back of the car with her until she wakes up. And she woke up shortly after my wife went inside, of course. So I, I take her out of the car seat and I'm picking her up and I'm like, oh, your diaper's wet. So let me take off your diaper. You know, just <laughs> instinctively, you're like, oh, that's the first thing I do is take off the diaper, right? And that's when I realized, number one, I'm in the back seat with this baby and the diaper bag is in the front seat. And number two, she just pooped in my hand. And so, <laughs> and I'm alone in the car. Like, ah, what do I, how do I? <laughs> so, um, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Good times. Good yeah. times. It took some maneuvering, but I got, I got it on her. I got that diaper on her. You figured it out and your kid's still alive. And you're, you're still alive too. Yeah. You're going to figure it out. If you're a parent, you're going to figure it out. So, um, now, you know, so so we talk, I mean, obviously we, we keep talking about how exhausted you're going to be. Uh, you're going to wonder, when can I sleep train this kid? When can <laughs> I get this kid to sleep longer? And something to know is that developmentally, we don't expect babies to really be able to start to sleep train until somewhere between four to six months. I'm sorry, but that's just <laughs> that's just the fact that we can't really expect that your baby will be able to start doing that kind of thing for about four to six months. But there's some things that you can do in the meantime that may 
make things go, you know, in, in your favor. And I'm not sure if you did this, Val, but, you know, once they're back to their birth weight, like I mentioned, you, you can let them sleep longer at night, number one. You may find that the baby's feeding more often during nighttime. So what you can do mm-hmm. is you can try to feed them a little bit more often during the daytime and then let them go a little bit longer at nighttime. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's one strategy. Uh, it does not always work. But it is the only thing you can do right now. <laughs> right. It it did so, not work for my yeah. child. Nope. He yeah. um so once he regained his birth weight, I was like, Okay, I don't have to wake him up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't waking him up in the first place. He would wake himself yeah. up every yeah. two and a half to three mm-hmm. hours and that just kinda continued for yeah. a few months after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some babies, he just, it'll he work. He just wakes up every two to three hours. He he woke up every two to three hours for like the first four or five months, honestly, to eat yep. at night. And that's just yeah. how it is. If your baby doesn't start sleeping longer at night in those first few months, you didn't do anything wrong. That's something for you to know as a parent, is that when things don't work out and you're having a hard time, it's not <laughs> because you did or did not do something. Uh, it's just because that's what they do. That's how they are. Mm-hmm. They kind of do what they want <laughs> yeah, they don't know anything else <laughs> they do mm-hmm. what they want and you know that's yeah. okay you know yeah. so and I, you're gonna get through this if you're having a hard time not everybody <laughs> has a hard time uh, some people have a great time and it's easy but no matter what <laughs> i mean you're gonna you're get gonna through. get through this i and, mean because even even like now my child who is one still doesn't sleep mm-hmm. through the entire night he still wakes up mm-hmm. to breastfeed at night so mm-hmm. the longest i think he has slept overnight his entire life straight in a row was probably six hours oh, fell. and that oh. was probably five months ago <laughs> and it was one night only <laughs> Well, and uh, so here, there, there you go. You know, you have two pediatricians who've had very different experiences here with sleep. I mean, our our, our daughter did not sleep, you know, at, at all at the beginning, like almost at all it felt like. And it was a surprise when she started sleeping. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fast forward to like 12 to 15 months in and she's suddenly sleeping like 10 hours at night. Oh, I and she's wish. Been doing that. <laughs> She's been doing 10 to 12 hours for the past year, pretty much. Oh, I wish. I'm bragging, Val. You know, because I I was talking to my mom about it and she Mm -hmm. said he's not really going to sleep through the night until he stops breastfeeding. So, and I have. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I've made the decision that I'm just going to um, let himself wean from breastfeeding um, Mm. as best I Mm -hmm. can. Because, you know, when I'm at work, Mm -hmm. he doesn't uh, feed. And so at this point, he only breastfeeds when he's sleepy, so um, which is oh, not that often that's during the so day. Hard to yeah. break that association between it is, sleep and it breastfeeding. Is. But so I mean, he has gone to sleep without me. You know, when I've mm-hmm. had to be, you know, when I'm on call. Oh, if you're I, not there, yeah. Oh, if I'm not there, he goes to sleep no problem. Right? But as soon as like oh. you know, I open that door and he hears me. <laughs> so this is an important lesson for the rest of your child's life. <laughs> that kid is getting so comfortable with you, they will give you a harder time than they give anybody else. Oh, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> like, and, and by you, I mean mom, right? If you are mom, that yes. baby and that child later on is gonna give you a harder time because they're comfortable in expressing how they feel mm-hmm. and, and they're comfortable in doing whatever they want. 
and they're going to give you a harder time than anybody else. Yeah. And it's so funny that because, you know, he's with my mom, you know, most of the time, like, especially when I go to work and when I come home, I mean, he's, I mean, it's so cute. He goes, yay. And he like runs over to me and then he just starts whining. And of course, it makes me think like, what did grandma do to you while I was gone? Right. And then she goes, yeah. he doesn't do that when you're not here. <laughs> yep. And I have yeah. to take her word for it, even though I'm like, what's sure. wrong with him? Why is he why? She's like, because you're here. He's doing that for you. He's not mm-hmm. doing that for anybody else, but just for you. And then it's, Isn't it it's interesting. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's like, I want that person now and i know how to get that person <laughs> exactly now. Oh, oh this is why it's so hard to leave your kid with somebody too mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like i mean it's hard to leave your kid with somebody with your closest family members so if it feels like that for you parents uh that's also normal exactly it's hard to leave your kids with somebody. and you also have to recognize that your child may be a little manipulative even if they're little to the point where when you leave and you come back and your child is kind of like, and you're like, what did you do? What happened? Nothing happened. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. He was totally fine to you guys. <laughs> he's just happy to see you. <laughs> that's why he's And now out. he doesn't want you to leave. So that's why. You know what I think wild. it is? I think I came, I came to the conclusion when, when our daughter was doing that, that it's because she realized that I haven't been there this whole time. And same with my <laughs> wife, right? That like that like mom comes home and she's like, hey, you, where I know. have you been? <laughs> kind of like you parents. You I've been sitting here without okay. you the whole day? Kind of like parents waiting up for their kids who miss curfew type situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nice of you to come home. Mm. Nice of you to grace us with your presence. <laughs> That is so true. I think you're absolutely right. I think they realize, like, wait a minute. You weren't here? How did you leave me? (laughs) Right, yeah. I'm so excited to see you. Now I'm mad. Why am I so excited to see you? Oh, it's because I haven't seen you. Why have you not been here? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh. you're probably right. Now, uh, so... Back to the back to the first few weeks, uh, you know the, the the first few weeks thing. I, I think the the last thing that I had really to talk about was was something that we already touched on a little bit, which is things that one of our training attendings referred to as uh, as creepy baby things, because <laughs> your because your baby will do some things that yeah. are weird and very off putting. It's because your baby is just trying whatever; they're just doing things. They, they don't know what 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 will draw what reaction when in those first yeah. few weeks. Not only that, I mean, just like neurological wise, there's going to be things your mm-hmm. kid's going to do, and you just be like, "What is that?" Like my mm-hmm. kid, when he would sleep, sometimes you know he'd jerk, and you know when he'd hit that rapid eye movement, you could see his eyes kind of oh. moving underneath your, his yeah. eyelids, and you're just kind of like, "Whoa, that's kind of yeah. freaky looking." <laughs> yeah, they're like exorcist level things that your baby will do. These sounds they'll make, these weird <laughs> eye movements, and it's gonna creep you out. Yeah, and that's uh, earlier on, especially. It's it's okay. They they just yeah. do these weird things. I know we talked about periodic breathing on the previous episode, but just to reiterate that, if you see your baby breathe faster, 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 slow, 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 stop, pause, and then start breathing in faster, 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 faster. So mm-hmm. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Very important. I, I know we talked about that before, but it's really like. Just to just to remind you, that's okay. Yes, um, yes. Something yeah. else also, your baby's cry is going to get louder. <laughs> mm. So they have this cute little like, eh, 
you know, for the first <laughs> the first week, you know, and it, it starts uh-huh. to get louder. So by like four weeks of age, I mean, it is a very loud, robust mm-hmm. cry. So be prepared for that. Like the cry is oh, just yeah. going to gradually get louder and it's going to last longer <laughs> also mm-hmm. than, you know, that little newborn cry. Because when your kid's a month old, you know, there's mm-hmm. those lungs are really, you know, really working. So mm-hmm. that's that's something that can be a little alarming because it's just it just seems like the kid is crying all the time. It usually happens <laughs> at about four weeks of age where you just kind of, man, yeah. this kid seems like he cries all the time. Yeah. Like, that's normal. It's a hundred percent. It really is. Uh, yeah. What, what other what other things do they do? We talked about the weird noises. They have weird eye movements. They'll flutter their yes. eyes, and you can. Yes. Oh, do you know what you can do though? I, I, we mentioned this before though. Take that phone out that's always by your side mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and video when you see things that you don't like. Because sure, there's some things that babies can do that are actually not great. But if there's any question, if there's something that you're weirded out by, just take a video of it and send it to your pediatrician. They can help you figure it out. Absolutely. Your cell phone is just going to be a, a very good tool <laughs> to mm-hmm, uh, to mm-hmm. use. Um, yeah. If if Tool, anything, just friend companion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there are going to be times when you don't know where it is. You may not know where your phone is for like two, mm. three days. You know, just make sure the ringer is on so you can use yeah. someone else's phone to call it. I don't know. I don't know what way to do. <laughs> I don't know what way to have two phones so you can always call the other one when you lose please, one of them. Please, please, because that's. I mean, yeah. you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it in the house somewhere, and you're just going to be like, "Where's my phone? I don't know. Mm. I'm exhausted all the time, <laughs> all the time." I, you know, and. You're going to want to know as you go through these things, okay, so there's all these things that are weird and that are tiring and everything. When do I really need to call my pediatrician? So, you know, in those first few weeks, especially if that baby feels really warm, if they're not acting right and if they feel warm, check a rectal temperature. If they've got a fever, call. If they got mm-hmm. anything 100 degrees or above, even just call call because babies aren't supposed to be having fevers. Um, if they're not peeing enough, mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. peeing at least four wet diapers in 24 hours, Absolutely. call. And if they look yellow, yeah? Mm-hmm. If they start to look like, you know, a little highlighter, you're like, whoo, that wasn't like that, you know, yesterday, call call if your baby mm-hmm. starts to look yellow you know we talked earlier about feeds as well that if they if they refuse one of those feeds it's okay but if they're refusing multiple feeds in a row and not acting right that way give a call or if there's just anything that you're concerned about call exactly really. yeah one last thing i want to mention is breathing i guess maybe this even goes back with the things that babies do that are unsettling is that they can have some noisy breathing the baby airway, our airway is shaped like a tube. Baby's airways are shaped like a funnel. And not only that, but <laughs> they're- the best they're, way they're, to they're, describe Yeah, it. it's shaped like a funnel. <laughs> and only, they're shaped like a floppy funnel. So take a floppy <laughs> funnel, lay it down to sleep, and then see and what then sound you get from it. And then try to blow air through. <laughs> and then try to blow air through. Yeah. And that's what that baby's doing. Oh, and add in the fact that newborn babies, babies for the first six months of their life, have no sinuses. So if their body is making mucus, it goes right into that airway. So take a floppy <laughs> funnel, fill it with mucus, and then try to blow it through. And that's the noise you're going to get sometimes. Oh, man. This is going to sound like yeah. a harmonica underwater. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So uh, you're going to hear that, uh, this noisy breathing, and you're going to, okay, well, so if this breathing is noisy and it's normal, how do I know that my kid is actually in 
distressed? How do I know that they're having a hard time breathing? And you can look up videos of this online if you want to freak yourself out, but uh, <laughs> or, or don't. But just just listen. <laughs> uh, don't don't look it up. Forget about it. But um, so there there's something that babies will do if they're having a hard time breathing, and that's they breathe a lot faster. And I don't mean just for like a second, like I said, with the periodic breathing. I mean they're they, they're breathing faster in general. But on, uh, you're looking for what we call retractions, and retractions are every time they try to take a breath, you see the outline of those ribs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, open up the little shirt and look to see if you can see the outline of the ribs with every breath. And uh, sometimes if that gets bad enough, you'll see that their head will bob with each mm -hmm. breath that they try to take. And if that gets bad enough, sometimes they're doing the retractions, the head bobbing, and they're flaring their nostrils with every single mm -hmm. time that they take a breath. Those are the signs of respiratory distress to look out for if you're wondering if you don't see those then your baby actually is okay. Right? It's just that, you know, floppy, mucousy, floppy harmonica mu funnel of an airway, <laughs> <laughs> which is normal. <laughs> I think, did we say this before? I think that babies are, well, so babies are really resilient. They're very hardy. They're all floppy <laughs> and cartilaginous. They're not rigid and brittle and bony like we are <laughs> but um so they're really resilient yeah mm -hmm. and i think that they're resilient and they they can do all of these things that are very off-putting and that worry us and that don't sound right and they're fine and i feel like that must be some sort of evolutionary thing to make it so we pay attention to them i think and so too can, right i think so too and that's the reason they're so cute too like you don't mm -hmm. mind being pooped on by something that's cute, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, is that the takeaway from today's episode? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I <th> oh <laughs> well, man. I, yeah. I think, well, I think that's, I have nothing else, Val. I, I, have, I have nothing, nothing else, to else. Do we have anything else? I have, I have nothing else to give at this point. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> so, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> oh, I guess that's it. Yeah. I guess that's the last thing that these people are going to hear in this episode. Yeah. Of, of tips is that uh, <laughs> that you've congratulations, you've found someone to poop on you, and you're okay with it. <laughs> You may actually get a good laugh out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should get a good laugh out of these things. If you can't get a good laugh out of these oh, things, man. you're missing out on a lot of opportunities for good laughs because <laughs> they're going to come time after time. Yes. Unfortunately, time though, you probably again. won't remember most of them because no. oh, I, I mean, the I exhaustion. guess. Is that a helpful thing to tell people? I mean, I know we mentioned this at the beginning, but is that helpful? Yeah, maybe it's I reassuring. Don't know. I don't know. I don't you're know. You're not. This, this is some of these days are going to be hard, mm -hmm. and they're going to some of these days are going to feel like a year, mm -hmm. and in one year though, you're not going to remember. <laughs> so it's okay. You're not going to remember. I don't know remember. if that. I don't know if that helps, but it's it's just, it's it? just the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. It's just, you know, you just. You're not going to remember it. Like I, I start to remember things as we go through these chats. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's right. That Oh, yeah, that did happen. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. I think we've talked about possible 
evolutionarily evolutionary things that are (laughs) evolutionarily favorable it's probably good that you don't remember a lot of stuff because then you'll be willing to have another one (laughs) yeah yeah you're gonna miss things yeah you're gonna miss things that happened during this time yeah so yeah yeah but so. well i i i hope that this was a good primer <laughs> for for those first few weeks don't i i guess my big take home too is is to, oh i don't know <laughs> what is my big take home bell i think we covered everything that you kind of need to know i mean as far mm-hmm. as developmental wise for your child from birth to let's say first a month Um, The kids should be eating, peeing, and pooping. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty much it. That Mm -hmm. is it. Do not try to start flashcards with your kid or it's, it's, nope, eating, (laughs) peeing, pooping. If your baby's eating, peeing, and pooping, then you've succeeded. Exactly. Maybe that's what's it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's the takeaway. (laughs) Yeah. This is also why if you have, if you don't have the kid yet, you don't need to get yourself pre-anxious about things before your baby's born. What you need to do is you need to work on finding ways to uh, to do the opposite, finding ways to be okay with <laughs> things, finding ways to make sure that you've got coping skills because mm-hmm. you're going to need some coping skills. Mm-hmm. You know, find ways before that baby's born to take the time to really, in your own head, be kind to yourself. I know that's my going away message for everything, but I really do mean it because that's what you need. You're going to be plenty of anxious when that baby's born. (laughs) You don't have to worry about making yourself anxious ahead of time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. Well, Val, I th- I think that's that's all we have to to frighten these people. <laughs> that's all we have to tell these people. So next time, uh, we're gonna move on to just after those first few weeks, what mm-hmm. to expect afterwards. If you're liking what you're hearing, uh, <laughs> maybe I should have said this before we started. Yeah, if you're finding this podcast useful, uh, go ahead and, and let other people know who you feel like might also find it useful. If you have any questions, mm-hmm. as always, call them in. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to help try to answer these questions. If you're listening on any sort of podcast app or anything like that, go ahead and subscribe so that you can not miss a beat of what we have to offer you. Because so- <laughs> we're going to keep it coming. Yeah. Because we yeah. have, as you can tell, we have fun making it. So we, we do. We do. Sometimes it's the only fun we have in a day. <laughs> And it's <laughs> not really, not really, not really. Babies are great. No, it's uh, true. <laughs> it is. It's true. Sometimes yeah. it's kind of like, well, you know, at least I get to record with Phil today because oh, today yeah. has it's... been a day. But as <laughs> Philip likes oh. to say, you know, em- embrace, embrace the fun of parenting. Embra- yeah, yeah. Surrender, <laughs> surrender to the fun. Um, <laughs> As always, though, we are pediatricians. We are not your child's pediatrician, unless we are. <laughs> so always go to your child's doctor for all of your actual real healthcare concerns. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a good day. And, uh, and as always, as I said, just because it is normal or expected does not mean that it's easy. So really do take the time to be kind to yourselves. That's Thanks a lot, everybody. A outro. Oh, thank you. Okay. You can take it if you want. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.